What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about working for a church without losing your soul. My name is John, and I'm your host and digital pastor. We started this podcast because it can be really difficult to work for a church and follow Jesus. It's so messy and complex. You spend so much time caring for others and creating great experiences for your church that it's easy for you to get lost and your personal spiritual journey to go on the back burner. Or even worse, you can get jaded, cynical, and find yourself totally disconnected from Jesus while still being asked to serve others. My vision is to create a church culture that's better on the inside. A church that's better on the inside means as you get more involved or more connected, you don't just do more, you actually get closer to Jesus too. I don't want you to become a cog in the machine. You matter too much for that. I want you to thrive in your own relationship with Jesus. You are not expendable. You are a masterpiece. A better on the inside culture will leave us all better on the inside too. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside. I'm here with my friend and colleague and countryman, Andrew wow. Richardson. What's up? What's up? Yeah, the dulcet tones of Andrew Richardson yeah. on the mic. He is our city youth ministry leader, yep. right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, which is one of the titles you make up before somebody's pastor yeah. just to show that yeah. they're in charge <laughs> without making it official. Yeah. Yeah, and he is a, a official Gen Zer, the only yep. Gen Zer that we have on staff, the one and only. Yeah, and so I wanted to chat with Andrew a little bit today about the spirituality of the next generation, deconstruction, and some of the disillusionment with the church. As you know, I was talking to Andrew about this before we got started, but so much of this podcast, the purpose of this podcast, is devoted to working for a church, serving in a church without losing your soul right? Doing the work of ministry, but you end up losing connection with Jesus and your faith and everything else. And I think that's something that is hurting the next generation significantly. Because mm -hmm. if there's anybody that's disillusioned by the church, it feels like it's Gen Z. Speak yep. on that, Andrew. Yeah, no, it's so it's so true. I think uh, just a little bit about me growing up. Grow, I've grown up in the church, right? I think I'm as close as to a pastor's kid as you can get. Yeah. Uh, my parents aren't actually pastors, but they kind of are. Anyway, they so, totally are. Yeah. Totally I mean, yeah. are. So uh, gr growing up in the church, seeing a lot of my friends now that I also grew up with no longer really feeling um, a part of the church has been really interesting because I've been able to see see what it's like on the inside. And I think a lot of it, um, and th there's a lot of things I'm sure we'll tackle, tackle here in a second, but a lot of it is the the not the the authenticity is kind mm. of lacking and then when um, a lot of hypocritical things that happen yeah. and what we're seeing with gen z i think isn't necessarily leaving the faith because of this but it's it's this deconstruction movement it's it's the movement of what really matters because what i see doesn't match up to the jesus that i know is in the bible Ooh. um and I think that's the that's a big thing that we're seeing, especially growing up in ministry and or being a volunteer for a long period of time. It's we see things that don't always match up to who Jesus is, which then makes us think, I don't know if I want a part of this Jesus anymore. Yeah. Um, so then you got two people, the ones that are like, I got to see who Jesus really is or I got to just leave because who they're representing Jesus isn't isn't who I'm vibing with at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love I love the visual, though, the idea of some of deconstruction being about you have gone deeper yeah. and you know more about Jesus. Yep. And then you go, these things, one of these things is not like the other. Yep. This guy that I'm reading about that's talking about 
you know, that's talking about loving your neighbor, that's talking about, you know, anything, pick anything from the Sermon on yeah. the Mount, right? Blessed are the, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, right? This is how you pray. This is how you do this. And they're lining up Jesus's own words with what they're seeing in the church. And when those two don't match, there's a cognitive dissonance there. There's a yeah. problem. And I think Gen Z, at least from what I'm seeing from y'all, because y'all, this generation is amazing. Yeah. They're, they're just calling out the problem in a big way. Mm-hmm. And going, we see that this is a problem. And to your point, people yeah. respond sometimes by either going, okay, I'm I'm digging yeah. into this real Jesus. But I think other folks kind of go, I have to get away from this organization because yeah. it feels mm-hmm. toxic. Yeah, because we've, de- we, we, we've attached the organization of the church to the person of Jesus. And when one doesn't represent, when the church doesn't represent Jesus well, then that leads to that. Oh, um, yeah. It leads to the leaving of the church or it leads to the, is I think, and thank you for giving the shout out to Gen Z because we are awesome. I mean, literally yeah. look at the creativity on TikTok, look it's at the incredible. creativity of all the platforms. Like, it is so cool to see that happen. Um, so I, I think that we're wanting to go, or I know that we're wanting to go deeper and understand the core of what it is. And like you said, sometimes it's like, I got to step back. Um, to see what that really is because yeah. we want we want the change we want l- look at just the the desire for social action the desire for justice that we have uh, through gen z so there's a passion there for something that's bigger than ourselves yeah and that's that's huge right now absolutely mm-hmm. i get so fired up my wife is a high school teacher yeah. and so we get to talk about gen z because she has high school kids that still qualify as gen z mm-hmm. um and just for everyone's note, I'm an elder millennial, 39. Yeah. So I'm right on that borderline of like, I used card catalogs when I was in school, right? To look up where the library books were. No idea what that but, is. But when I got to college, I had a T1 line and Napster and downloading free music. And so I'm this like weird middle generation, the Oregon Trail generation, if you will. Okay. This like in between. But the thing that I love about Gen Z is every time I spend any significant time on TikTok or with these with these kids, I go, these kids are going to change the world. Mm. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. These kids are going to change yeah. the world. It's incredible to watch what they do. And it's not just what they talk about. And I think that's one of the things that's bugged me the most about how Gen Z is spoken about. Mm. It's that they are an active generation. They don't want to hear Jesus' words. They want to do what Jesus told them to do. They don't, and even if you're not into Jesus, it's, I don't want to just talk about politics. I want to boycott something mm-hmm. or I want to do something about it. I want to get out there and do something. And even if it's something that we disagree with, there's the activity. Yep. And so it feels like this generation is going to save the world. Yeah. And so what, this is something that I didn't think I was going to ask, but what can people like me, the, the elder millennials and millennials, the Gen Xers, the boomers, what can we do to pour gas on the right thing for yeah. Gen Z? I think that's a really good question. I think the first, the first and foremost is live that. Mm. So do that. Because if, if there is a, a millennial or Gen X that's telling a Gen Zer to be passionate about something, but they're just at home not doing anything about it Ooh, or they're yeah. or they're sending articles to you but not living it out what the article's saying right whoa then come what is, on then why i know I'm, i didn't think i get this heated this yeah. morning i'm sorry john coffee's kicking in yeah. but I, I i think that that's the reality of um gen z will do what gen z is gonna do but to help that be with them mm. like like tell them like like not just telling them about it but like hey let's go and do this like like 
Gen Z, some still can't drive, right? Yeah. Take them places. Yeah. Like, like say, hey, how can I help you with this cause? Um, let's go do this or let's go do that or whatever that looks like in a certain household or whatever. But I think we need to, Gen Z needs to see that because what we don't see, we will try to to, to create. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times some things we create don't have the, I'm not want to say they don't have the organization behind it, but sure. there is some wisdom and experience that we don't have, which yeah. will jump right in, which I think is awesome, which is what we're seeing. But there's mistakes that we don't have to make if we have people helping and supporting us. Oh, man, that's yeah. a great point, because yeah. the one thing that Gen Zers lack just by circumstance is yes. wisdom. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're yeah. in your early 20s or you're a teenager. You, of course you don't have wisdom. Yeah. Nobody did. The millennials didn't. The boomers didn't. The silent generation did it. You, you're not supposed to have yep. wisdom. And so to come, and that speaks to something you said earlier, Andrew, that gets me so excited about authenticity. Yep. And it feels like Gen Z is like, they have like authenticity x-ray vision yeah. of just like, they can tell when you're full of it and they can tell when you're not mm -hmm. and modeling it. But what, uh, I we could go off on yeah. authenticity probably. Do you have anything you want to say about authenticity? Because I was going to, I was going to move to another point. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's huge. Yeah. One of the things I noticed that you talked about wasn't, hey, you can build more digital stuff or you can be more active on social media. So much of what you talked about was relational yes. and connection and real world stuff to do with folks that that are Gen mm -hmm. Z, right? Like take them places, yeah. do stuff, not just for yourself, but with them. And I think it's easy for the olds like myself to get caught up in like, we need to have this cool digital strategy, mm -hmm. but that this is where it connects to the authenticity. We, we're not good at it. Like yeah. I, I suck <laughs> at TikTok. Yeah. I just, I, it's, I don't think that way. And like, I like it. I like being on there. It doesn't yeah. make me feel bad about it, but I'm also like, I just don't inherently understand it. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's really good. Cause I've seen a lot of uh, Christian TikTokers um, predominantly that are doing great, have millions of followers, hundreds of thousands, and they're, they're getting all these views, but it never fails that I see them step away. And mm. usually what they step away from is to be present in their, in, in their life and in the circumstances of what's going on around them. Yeah. So despite how many followers and views and things they have, there's always something inside of them that innately says, I need to step away for a little bit right. and I need to go on a mission trip or I need to do something. And I think that's really... I have now that I'm starting to think about it, I've seen that more in social media influencers that are Gen Z hmm. than I have in those older. I, I could be wrong. I don't know the, the yeah. statistics or whatever behind it. But from what I've noticed, it's like it's something inside of me that like I have to this this these platforms are great and I'm going to keep using them and I'm going to come back. Um, but there's something going on in my space that I'm living in right now um, that I got to do something about. Yeah, which so. is which is fantastic. Yeah. And what it what I feel somewhat responsible for as I'm getting older and I think youths, right? Yeah. Like as I, it's easy to get that attitude, right? Of complaining about the next generation <laughs> or, oh, they're so entitled or they yeah. think so-and-so, right? It's easy to do that. It's mm -hmm. just easy to be like that because bitterness is easier sometimes than gratitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's a free one for everybody. Yeah, um, write that down. Yeah, write that down. Um, is I, I see so many people getting disillusioned from Jesus being disconnected from mm. Jesus because they're actually disillusioned with the church mm, yeah. and you made the great point of like following Jesus does not equal the church yeah and it but it feels like the church has taught that for years that yeah. to be close and 
you know, I don't want to be her- heretical here. I don't want to be yeah. a heretic and I want to get my ecclesiology right. Yeah. But it, Jesus said it himself, you know, man wasn't made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for the man. Mm. And I think you could say that about church, right? Church wasn't, man wasn't made for church. Church was made for man. Mm. And so how do we focus on Jesus and also, like, uh, the church is good. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think so much of uh, you grew up in the church, which mm-hmm. is cool. And, and, you know, knowing you a little bit, a little about your story, you aren't like, I hated growing up in the church. No, like, yeah. I, think it, I think it gave some good foundation. And so how do we not go to the extreme of, well, we need to burn the church down yeah. and totally scrap it, but also not like, well, just do what we've always done. How do we yeah. find that? Yeah, well, I, I from what I've seen... Um, and I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we need the church, um, that that we need the the church as an organization, but we we need the church that shows and points to Jesus, um, in in a way that Gen Z and we can understand. Yeah. Um, and I, like you said, we've seen that a lot to where we attach everything that goes on into the church to everything of who Jesus is, mm. which is why we're seeing this movement. Um, and it's it's tough, like like you said, like. I loved growing up in the church and I love seeing it, but seeing my friends that have left the church and I'm, and of course church is humans, right? Like yeah. we, we are humans. Anytime you get humans together, we're going to make up We're mm-hmm. we're, we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's, there's no truth. So it's putting, um, we see a big emphasis on celebrity pastors now, right. um, which I, I, I'm all for, like, I, I think is cool. You're reaching tons of people. Um, like Justin Bieber, like Kanye are coming to faith because of these celebrity pastors, which yeah. I which I agree with. But when they fall because they're humans, just like any celebrity, just sure. like any person falls, um, then we attach that to to our faith. Mm. Um, so I think the number one thing that can help with that is a finding and wrestling with your own personal faith. And I, and I know that can sound simple and sound um, like, yeah, for sure. But the reality is, is there's a lot of people in churches that don't know their own faith, what they actually believe. Um, So when you have a pastor or when you have a situation where something falls, or maybe you're in a volunteer position and a leader comes and tells you something that hurts you, you're, you're gone. right? Right. Because to them, I'm going to say this and not like try to be heretical, but to them, what they say is maybe like what Jesus is saying. Like you feel like Jesus is telling you that right. when it's not, which right. which I think is a misconception. Um, don't get me wrong. We should be representing Jesus as workers and volunteers mm-hmm. in the church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people that don't, that don't connect there, that connect the two when they're not supposed to be. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's been something that's been huge is, uh, and I, a little bit more about my story is, as I went into seminary, so I went to UTSA for a year, loved it, got the call to go into seminary. Meet me, go runners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I worked at a summer camp where I met my now wife and just a lot of amazing people. Shout out to Sky. Yeah, what was Sky? Um, so it's just been, it was just an amazing year of just a spiritual high, right? And then after I came back and then I started um, working more in the church and I started going to seminary and reading my Bible, it kind of started to seem a little bit more like a textbook because I was having mm-hmm. to turn in assignments. Um, it was in that moment where I had to I had to really decide, like, is this what I believe? And what is it that I actually believe? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that's where if we could get Gen Z and the generation that's coming after us um, to realize that before they ha- before they have something that makes them have to realize that, right? Then that's huge. Oh, I think man. that's big. That's a great point. Yeah. And part of what you're describing is a deconstruction process yes. to a degree, right? It's yeah. like we talked about earlier of going, 
okay, I have all these things that I've come to believe or follow. Mm -hmm. How much of it is mine? Yes. How much of it is personal and how much was created by someone else or put on me by someone else? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so I would say that if you are a parent out there, I'll speak to the parents. Mm -hmm. I got two young kids. I think something that would be good for you to do is ask kids some of those questions. Yeah. Ask, uh, put kids in situations where they do have to make it a little more personal and not just like orthodoxy of like, well, follow this, like do that. Like uh, you want to have kids not just be independent in their life. Like one of the things my wife and I tell our kids, my kids will roll their eyes. You know my kids, right? Yeah, they're great. Walter will roll his eyes because it's like, what's our job? To make me a good grown up, right? Yeah. And so that's our job as parents and not letting them explore faith, ask questions, because it's so much safer to deconstruct when you're mm. a, in a house with people who can yes, answer your questions versus going at it alone. Mm. And I see so many of the folks that whether I follow them on Twitter or they write a blog or they uh, podcast, it feels like they're going on this process alone of figuring yeah. out what they believe. Like they have to go on this vision quest journey of yeah. like, what do I really believe? And it's like, don't do that without community. Yeah. Even if it's not like the church community, whatever, like, I, like I'm not telling you what to do. So all that to say, parents ask those questions, let it be challenging for kids growing up because that's okay. Mm. It's okay for it to be challenging because they need to have their own faith. Like they have their own bank account. <laughs> like they have their own sense of identity. Like they have their own understanding of who they are. It's going to be something they take because if they're just packing up your faith, it's not authentic, mm. which was the value that's, that you talked that's about. And, that, and that's exactly what I wanted to say real quick, not going all the way back yeah. to that, but uh, a culture of authenticity creates that. Mm. And and a lot of churches, um, just it, Christianity in general, doesn't create the opportunity to be authentic and believe actually and, and kind of try to like the deconstruct, yeah. trying to really understand what we believe. Because if I'm in a situation where I believe that everyone's going to ridicule ridicule me or make fun of me just because I say I don't know about this mm. then I'm not going to talk about it of course right? and if I don't hear um it goes back to uh, about how millennials or the generations um other generations can help us is being real about that like mm. if you're telling me how you struggled then I'm going to feel comfortable to tell you that I am struggling right and and that's huge and that's I think that's really important um for anyone listening that's in ministry or a volunteer um being in a space and being comfortable to to process what you're going through because there's going to come a time people hurt people hurt people yeah. it just happens there's going to come a time where something happens and if you haven't processed through that already then you're going to end up going on your own um and and, and it's going to create um it's going to be a less safe space maybe yeah. th than to process it so yeah well it's so i mean to your point it's so rare to go to church and not be hurt. Everybody's carrying yeah. some kind of church hurt yeah, yeah. because you're carrying people hurt. You have relational hurt. If you know people, you've been mad at somebody. Mm. Somebody's hurt your feelings. Somebody's disappointed you. Somebody's lied to you. Yeah. That's just people. And the church is just people. So it's the same, right? It's the same exactly. idea. We're all carrying around this church hurt. But what you talked about was there is a... I don't know if it's an overall people thing, but certainly with millennials that I see and older people and every, eh, to a certain degree, every generation, mm -hmm. there's a, a desire to hide the mess. Yep. And just because what you talked about is part of authenticity is vulnerability. Yeah. Yep. And instead of going, I have all the answers going, this is where I messed up. 
or just being real about what that looked like. Or I still mess up. Yeah, I'm still messing up about it. Or this is where I have doubts Mm -hmm. or this is where I've struggled or this is what doesn't make sense to me. And that's still a strong faith. It's okay to be able to say those things and that's still a strong faith. But I think we want to just not be messy. And in Mm -hmm. most church cultures, there's a push for, no, it can't be messy. That We have to have the answers because we do have the answers. It's Jesus. It's the Sunday school like thing if if somebody calls on you in Sunday school just say Jesus yep. it's probably the right answer yeah one way or the other and so part of what you're talking about is something that's deeply uncomfortable for people mm. is allowing the messiness in the culture because that's how it connects to the authenticity piece because if you're not people like your generation knows that we don't have it and yeah. my generation still had some respect for like a th- uh, this is over yeah. this is overly stating it yeah like there were authority figures and it's like you just listen to the police you just listen to the politicians you they are right by default mm. and all these organizations and gatekeepers no longer hold this authority that they did yeah. when i was younger and w- certainly when our parents were younger yeah. a- and they see, I think, Gen Z as wildly disrespectful when it feels like Gen Z is holding accountable mm. power structures that haven't worked for them. Yeah, we're at, we're asking questions that haven't been asked. Yeah, for well, a while. Yeah, should should we even have this? Yes. And it's like, how dare yeah. you? How yeah. dare you ask that? And it's like, well, okay, let's let's answer the question mm. because when you ask the question. Let's answer it. Does it still make sense? And I mean, part of Gen Z is that it's the most diverse generation. It's going to be the first non-white majority generation in the U.S. Mm. I was just talking to a colleague that told me about that yesterday. And so it's like, okay, it's brown kids, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's brown people like and it's, you know, there's still white kids. Obviously, you're a white kid. Um, And I mean that in the best possible way. We love you. Thank and you so you you have these these folks asking questions of society at large that mm-hmm. are questions that many would never seek to question. And what are the results of that? Maybe all of it isn't good. And I think yeah. that's the hard part of accepting a reality where, yeah, maybe we should stop this. Yeah. No, that's that that's true. And I think one thing, if I continue to add to that is, yeah is we're, we're looking for a truth because um, it's, it's, it's hard to find truth now mm. na- nowadays. And mm. I think the church has been screaming for years, we have the truth, we have the truth, which we believe wholeheartedly that it is yeah. Jesus, right? That Jesus is the only way to God. Um, but it's, it's hard to decipher and find that truth with a lot of people when it's been convoluted by mistakes that yeah. people have made. Um, so, so we're go we're, we're on a search. We talk about Gen Z being a spiritual, like they want manifesting is a huge thing. Mm. Um, just the, the, the idea of saying things and they're come to be, um, and there's truth that they're looking for and they're looking for a better life and they're looking for hope and they're looking and we're looking for it. Um, but it's just been, it's, it's, it's been hidden, which is sad. Ooh. I'm, I'm gonna do a backflip with this Let's thought go. right here. Yeah, it's sad that the church that's been holding the truth has also been hiding it. Woo! Yeah, bye, 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 yeah, bye. I know, right? I, yeah, I, I better stop drinking coffee. I'm feeling, yeah, dude, yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm not saying that they've been like hiding it, like we're not telling you about it. Right. But it's like it's like I'm telling you, you know that commercial where they got the dollar and they're like, oh, no, yep. too slow, yeah, too yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's <laughs> kind of what it's been like. Right? You know what I mean? So, 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. The church that's been holding the truth mm-hmm. has also been hiding yeah. the truth. Good yeah, I know. night. I know. Good night. <laughs> that's like the that's the 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 big quote. That's yeah. like the the box quote from yeah. that. Well, because to your point, like holding the truth of Jesus, and the church is the keeper kind of, I guess, of yeah. that truth, or at least the folks who have said, we're going to continue this practice and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Holding that truth, withholding truth about our lives mm. and what it really looks like to follow Jesus, yep. that, that's the truth you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, man, I know people who know everything about scripture, incredibly smart, just absolute scholars who are the meanest people I've ever met in my yep. entire life. And also people whose lives don't reflect the thing that they know. Mm-hmm. Their kids hate them. They've, you know, they're on their third marriage or they're in a marriage where they're really unhappy. Yeah. Nobody wants to be around them or go to their parties. Like they, they, they're not exuding the love. Mm-hmm. The love isn't there. And so, ooh, holding the truth and hiding the truth. Yeah. Good Lord, Andrew. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. One is advice for people who are not Gen Z yeah. of like what, like what does it look like moving forward and how we can serve? And you gave some advice mm-hmm. earlier, which yeah. was, which was exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. But for folks that are serving a church, working the church, wanting to help Gen Z, what's going to be advice for them? And then what would you say to other Gen Zers that are out there? Yeah. Folks who are your age, who are volunteering at a church, serving at a church, working at a church, hurt by the church alienated from the church, Mm -hmm. anybody who might listen to something like this on a recommendation of a friend or the the people that you work with, what would you say to those folks? What, Mm -hmm. what coaching would you give them? Yeah. Yeah, no. So, so first with the other generations, um, something that I kind of mentioned earlier, but I want to go a little different angle. Um, and, and pastor Brent mentioned this in a sermon that he had a couple weeks ago about the next generation. And he said, get off their back and get on their side. Yes. Um, and, and that's huge because I think oftentimes we can find, um, find Gen Zers that are great at something and have them go do it. And then they go do it well. And then they get burnt out. Mm. Um, we're, we're there, there's a big movement with creatives in the church where they're graphic designers. They're great videographers. They're yeah. great. Photographers are great, but they're leaving because there's no support and there's no, there, there's, they're just saying you're doing good at what you do. Go do it. We'll right. leave you. And there is a balance there. There's a balance of letting you be creative and do your thing because we know Gen Z is good at that. Yeah. But it's also the the support and saying like I'm here for you. I'm there for you. So do do your thing. I'm not going to control you, but you have support. Right. I think uh, I'm just gonna be bold and say I think we can feel a lack of support, mm. um, which which is is hard yeah. because. And I will say it's not stopping Gen Z from still doing something. No. Um, but that will be instrumental. That's the wisdom we talked about earlier is, yeah. the, is the support and the guidance. Um, so that's that's my what I would say for that. That's uh, good. Assume they're going to do it. They yes. can do, they're going to do it with you or without yes. you. Yes. And that's what I've seen with Gen Z of just like, well, if you want to help me with this, mm-hmm. great. But if not, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And so you either share your wisdom or you either help with the truth yeah. or you withhold the truth right it, well it, and and if we want to get the theological term or the christian yeah. term disciple mm. like really we need we need t- 
to be discipled right. in a way that's relationally discipleship. Right. Not necessarily I'm going to sit you down and read you the- theological books and stuff right. and all that, which is fun. I like that. Yeah. But it's like I'm going to walk with you. And part of discipleship is literally covering everything we've been talked about. Yeah. It's covering authenticity. Like I think, in my opinion, the greatest disciple, the greatest person that ever discipled was Jesus, obviously. Sure. Um, and all the things he did, he ate with his disciples. He was real with them. He he said all of these things. He he showed them things. He empowered them. They yeah. walked with him. Um, he didn't fly in a private jet and then they followed. You know, yeah, <laughs> like totally. Jesus, like Jesus did that with them. So that's that's huge. It's literally just discipleship in a way that's relational. Yeah. Um, is I think what we need, even if Gen Z doesn't say it, which some will be like, I don't need your help. Yeah. Um, we do. We yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, so. I think Ooh. that's that's a big piece for that right yeah. there. Get off so. their backs, get yep. on their side. And you're not talking about micromanaging because no. I think micromanaging is going to be the one. It's in, it's investing time in relational yes. coming alongside. Okay, that's, that's really good. All right, what would you say to the Gen Z? Yeah, so Gen Z, this is, this is going to be a super profound right here. Spend time with Jesus mm. by yourself. Mm. Um, and, and what I mean, let me say what I mean by that and what I don't mean by that. What I mean by that is make sure you have time where you see who Jesus is uh, in your life. Don't do life alone. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm not saying just go and do your own thing because um, I think there is there is some people that as we've left the church are going to do their own thing and be away from Jesus and be like, I'm just trying to find myself, which is okay. Yeah. Um, have support. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is make sure that you're you're focusing on Jesus and having your own relationship Um outside of what's going on in your in your ministry uh volunteering whatever that is because that's what i didn't realize until my end of my first year of college is like i got to spend my own time with jesus and ask people for help like how do you do that how do you pray how do you um and and dig into that a little bit um i know that's super simple and the, the the churchy answer but it's a reality um because when we spend time with jesus and know who he is um, in our minute, that's going to manifest in our ministries. It's going to just show in, in all the things that we do. Right. Um, and we'll have more of that, that, that hold on that. Yeah. So yeah, that's great because, and I mean, I don't need really to add yeah. much to that, except it, it, that's the way that it always is going to be. It's yeah. simple because spending time with Jesus is always transformational. Yes. And, uh, just some some things practically that I've done because I think we we might just traditionally think spending time with Jesus is mm-hmm. sitting down and reading our, our our Bible and having our God time, yeah. which is good. I'm all for that. But I've found too when I've just tried to tell myself I have to do that every day, it doesn't happen. It becomes a checklist, yeah. and I think that's the reality with a lot of us. So it's also being okay with doing things that are a little different. That means spending time with Jesus. Right. I remember when I was at UTSA, obviously parking is horrible. Right. They, they should fix that. Whatever you pay so much for and you can't even park. Anyways, that's let's another, go. TSA. That's another podcast. Step right? it up, calling them out. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so that walking from like who knows where or, or on the bus to classes, you have time to listen to music. Mm-hmm. You have time to listen to a podcast. Like that right there could be spending time. That was when I got a lot of my worship music in uh, or driving. Um, those are just some practical ways where I've I've found what works for me. For me, it's worship music. It's allowing the truth through song yeah. to speak in my life. Uh, maybe sometimes it's just being quiet in my car as I'm driving home um, or whatever that is or going on a walk. Um, anything like that, I think. Or working out for me is a good one. Oh, um, while, while, while I'm working out, um, it's a time where I'm bettering myself. 
um, but I'm also getting close to Jesus as I'm listening to whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so those are just some practical ways because I think when when we say spend time with Jesus, maybe it's just been cemented in our head. Like we have to be at our desk the reading qu- the Bible. The quiet time yeah, template. The quiet yeah. time template. And as we're in a generation that's changing things up, let's let's change up what it means to spend time with Jesus, right? Right. Like who knows? Maybe we, we get out, we get a group together, we go on walks or what, whatever that is looking like uh, for you personally and in your, your, your church and your friend group as well. So Yeah. That's great advice. I would add, um, you know, everybody's different, yeah, right? And so part of it is understanding yourself exactly. and how you feel most connected to Jesus. Yep. I mean, I think silence is really underrated. Mm-hmm. The world is so loud. Yeah. Like, and I'm a hyper extrovert. I want to be around people all the time. I turn the TV on when I'm at home, even if I'm just like doing a task or I pop in an AirPod and mm-hmm. listen to a podcast when I'm in a grocery store. Like, yep. the, there's... Uh, being disconnected from noise and I don't mean noise like it's worthless or garbage I just mean like it's something that's speaking into your life there's content flowing into you that you're consuming is almost constant at this point Uh, whether again anywhere that you go there's like and you can take your airpods with you you don't have to have a bulky walkman because I'm generation discman (laughs) because Andrew there was a time and I don't know if you ever saw one or had one where there was a portable CD player, which is terrible because no. CDs skip, right? Because it's like you couldn't shake it. Like a tape player makes some kind of sense. A portable CD player, it would be like, and it would skip all the time. Sounds like Migos right there. Yeah. Oh, nice. like rap. My rapping career. And so like the Discman generation, it was impractical to bring stuff with you. But now it's all on your phone. And our phones are loud even if they're on silent mm. because they're always with us. They're always something that you're yeah. checking. I mean, you can't watch this if you're listening, yeah. but I picked up my phone and I'm looking at it. I'm trying hard not to look at mine this R- whole podcast. R- yeah. Well, it's, it, and I'm, you know, it's not just a Gen Z thing, it's an everybody yeah. thing. This, the world is very loud mm. and noisy, not just in the actual sense. It's just there's always something competing for your attention. And so silence is underrated because it's a discipline. Mm. Because back in the yeah. day, silence wasn't the same kind of discipline. I, I'm, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to say silence is more effective of a discipline now than it ever has been. Mm, that's because good, yeah. back in the day, it's like, well, I don't know, it's the farm noise. Like yeah. It was quiet everywhere. And so taking time in silence, it was like, sure, it was intentional, but it was different. And now yeah. like you have to fight for silence. You have to actually get away from everything, close your door, be super good. intentional about it. And I think silence for me on my personal spiritual journey has been overwhelmingly Mm. helpful. It has been the thing that has transformed me internally more than anything. Yeah. And I say that because in silence, all you're left with are your thoughts about yourself and your thoughts about God. Mm. And when those are distorted, the core of you can never get right. The core, you can never do the right thing if the core of you is distorted. And so I remember the first time really feeling like God loved me was in silence. Mm. I remember there are times in my life where God has spoken, quote unquote, he doesn't speak to me with an audible voice usually, significant things into my life. And it's, that's when I feel like I get the download. And even if something spiritually significant doesn't happen, it's where the processing of my day Mm. and my emotions and everything are. Yeah. That's that, that that's really, and to add on to that with quiet is stillness too. Mm. It's just like I mean, because it I can be quiet on my drive too, but there's yeah. also times of just like being still in the moment and like it's okay 
to just sit. And I, I think we're, we're in the culture of like, you have to do this. Or if I'm not like, I, I could be doing Uber right now and make yeah. more money. Like all of these things, you're trying to, to do the next thing. Right. Yeah. Um, when, when the, the truth is like, I look on TikTok or, or Instagram lives and there's a lot of people that's really popular to do yeah. lives where they just do their homework, wow. where they're just like, it's literally thousands of people that are joining on a live and it's someone who's just like, I need to focus. What? So yeah, yeah. I saw, like I've seen several on TikTok where I'm scrolling through and it's someone like, I need to focus. So I'm putting my phone live, come do homework with me. Like that's how much stillness is. That's how much stillness is important that we're having, that people are doing that without even realizing. That's it's, so cool. Yeah. And it's literally thousands of people are joining um, to just do homework because it's a, it's a space where they're at least still for a moment. It can, yeah. it, it can do something. Ooh. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. Silence yeah. and stillness. Silence is good because of the noise. Stillness is good because of the hustle culture, what you're talking yep. about. Y'all are like makers where it's just like, yo, I got time. I'm going to make a TikTok or yo, yeah. this is my side hustle. Hey, this is the thing that I do. Yeah. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could go, you know, I could go flip, you know, I could buy uh thrift store clothes oh, yeah. and do a thing. And it's like... You, you can always do something. So the idea of stillness of not doing something mm -hmm. is another discipline. Yeah. And so those are deep spiritual disciplines. We should talk more about those, do something more in depth. Yeah. That would be something cool for city youth to do yeah. like a YouTube series of That's now, good. now we're working, but yeah, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> of just about stillness and silence yeah. that, that I think would help people grow spiritually. Mm. That's so, so true. Dude, Andrew, you brought it today. Shoot. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. I love hanging out with yeah. you. Hey, thank you everybody for for listening to us. If there was something that struck you today, you know, email me john at betteronTheinside.com or just you know let me know. I'm on Twitter at John Pyle. Are you still on Twitter, Andrew? I am. Okay. Do you use Twitter? Uh, not really. I don't even okay. remember my thing. So. Yeah, <laughs> not important. But hey, thank you guys so much. Subscribe if you really enjoyed this episode. Share it around. Hey, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for hanging out with us and joining the conversation. Click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this to get more better on the inside. Hey, I love y'all, and we'll have you back soon.